What up? It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. Just got done watching the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. If you're a WWE fan, old school wrestling fan, you'll enjoy it if you're looking for some content to check out and you're in between episodes of Game of Thrones. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. We've been away for a little bit. I'll explain why next. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. What up? It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and as I said a second ago, been away for a minute. What have I been doing? I was up at Mackinac for something called the Mackinac Policy Conference, and what I was doing, which is why you didn't get any podcasts last week, is because I was doing an insane amount of podcasts uh, in a different vein, covering everybody who was at the Mackinac Policy Conference. So we ended up doing 51 15-minute podcasts in two days. So to frame that, that means I essentially did... As many Everything is Marketing podcast episodes as you would hear in three months in two days. Needless to say, uh, did not get to doing any of these, I should say. And for that, I apologize. That said, you will get five of them this week, and I'm excited to do that. And we will start this week by talking about something that I learned while I was at the Mackinac Policy Conference. There was a lot of cool stuff up there, uh, a lot of talk about smart cities and mobility and augmented reality and virtual reality, and all of those things are really cool. But as uh, we've been talking about on this podcast, we need to pump the brakes a little bit, be excited about that stuff, be inquisitive about that stuff, but understand um, that it's a ways away before it's uh, at mass consumer level, everybody using it in the same way that they're using iPhones. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Mary Meeker and her internet trends report, and we'll talk about why we need to pump the brakes a little bit and talk about what the future is going to look like for us. Today, though, we're talking about customer service, which is my favorite thing on earth to talk about. And I'm reminded constantly when I want to talk about customer service, about a single line from Jay Bear's new book, or latest book, came out in March, called Hug Your Haters. And it's towards the beginning of the book. Don't quote me on that. It's chapter one, chapter two. Doesn't matter. You should buy the book. The quote is this. The reason we remember good customer service and I'm paraphrasing here, is because it's so rare. The norm is average to terrible customer service. So anytime anybody goes an inch above what they should, we remember it. And how sad is that? And as marketers, people who practice marketing, practitioners of the world of marketing, we should be continually crafting and honing our craft so that we're continually making customer service with both our clients, the people that we work with, the people that we work for, our family members, that our level of customer service is top-notch. And what happened to me last week was shocking to me. And I'm somebody who's normally on the lookout for bad customer service and highly complimentary when it's good and highly, highly complimentary when it's just out of this world exemplary. And that is what happened last week, June 2nd, while I was up at Mackinac. We were stationed at the Grand Hotel. And you may know the Grand Hotel because of its legendary status. It's a historical landmark in the state of Michigan. It's a fantastic hotel. Somewhere in Time was filmed there. Most of you don't remember that movie, but that's one of the things that it's famous for. The other reason that you might know about the Grand Hotel is because of its exceptional customer service. And one of the things that they're very good at is when you get there is making you feel like you're at home, but make you feel like you're special. 
And so what happened last week on June 2nd is, as I said, I was doing 51 podcasts. So I'm plowing through 20 to 30 people a day, 30 different people prepping for 30 people. So it's a bit of a car wash for me in a way that it's hard for me to pay particular attention to every single person to remember all the nuance. However, in the middle of the afternoon, Dan Musser is going to come up and he is the owner. His family has owned the Grand Hotel for a long time. And he's going to come up and we're going to talk about the Grand Hotel, what's new about the Grand Hotel, how they're faring with the Mackinac Policy Conference. That's going to be it. 15 minutes, we're in, we're out, we'll have a pleasant conversation, and that'll be it. And that's exactly what happened. And we talked about the logistics of having this event there. And let me give you some context before I say what happened afterwards. So this is a hotel that can host about 350 people. And this conference happens about 17 days into peak season, meaning they've had 17 days to prep and be ready for large crowds of people that will come the following week for the Lilac Festival, which is like the peak of the peak. That's when a lot of people show up because the island is in full bloom. It's an amazing event that people come up for 10 days. That's the thing that they're preparing for. So this event is kind of like a test run. So what happens is there's 350 hotel rooms. There actually ends up being closer to 900 human beings that are there for the conference. They're not obviously all staying there, but they come in during the day for the conference. Then they go back to various hotels and bed and breakfasts throughout the island. And then 350 odd people stay at the hotel. So this place is at full tilt. And the logistics of pulling off what they do and able to turn rooms, turn whole buffets, turn restaurants, turn that stuff is nothing short of amazing. And if you're a hotelier, you know to pull this off seamlessly and flawlessly is amazing. And when you do it, high praise. And the problem is when you do it, nobody notices because they just assume that that's what's supposed to be happening. However, I'm noticing that their ability to do this is pretty amazing, and we're having this great back and forth during this podcast. We finished the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Musser, for joining me on the podcast. Thank him for having us in the hotel. And off he goes, and I think nothing of it. 11 minutes later, in my inbox, I get the following thing. Dear Eric, Thank you so much for including me today on the podcast, and I really appreciate your support. I appreciate MLight's support, and I'm grateful and appreciative. I hope to have the opportunity to see you again here on Mackinac. Sincerely, Dan Musser, President, Grand Hotel. This is on a typed letter on letterhead, signed with his signature, turned into a PDF, sent into my inbox 11 minutes later. 11 minutes later in a hotel that is at full tilt for a thing he didn't need to do. Right? He did not need to send me a thank you letter for doing this because there just wasn't a reason to do that. I wasn't expecting it. And that's, of course, the premier definition of surprise and delight. And this is a hotel that continually does this. If you stay there, you might get a thank you letter from them. And if you thank them for the thank you, they'll send you another thank you letter. And I bring this up not because I want to continually talk about the Grand Hotel. I bring this up because this is the sort of stuff that's going to continue to stand out as we get more and more into technology and we get more and more addicted to the immediacy of the response. You know, Part of what we do here at MLive is meet with clients and talk to them about if you're on a social channel and somebody is asking you something and you're not responding to it, you are not answering the phone. You need to answer the phone. If we rewind the clock 40 years and the phone was ringing and you didn't answer it, you were leaving money on the table. Same thing stands here 
in any sort of digital platform. If they're reaching out to you on your website via email and you're not responding to them, you are leaving money on the table. If they're on your Facebook page, you're leaving money on the table. If they sign up for your e-newsletter and they don't hear from you immediately, and I mean within the first 15 minutes, you are leaving money on the table because it's a relationship that you're not fostering. So the fact that Dan Musser wrote a letter and sent it to me within 11 minutes of completing a podcast, scanning it in and sending it to me, is what we all need to be doing. This is the level of service that we need to be paying attention to and the level of service that we need to do. If you're in sales and you go on a call, you're not sending a thank you letter, you probably should adjust that. Even if it's a card, you don't need to go get letterhead. I mean, you can if you want to, but if you want to keep it your personal touch, send them a thank you card, then send them a thank you note, send them anything. And I would say the further away from technology, the more impact it's going to have. I and mean, I probably have told this story 10 times in this podcast, but we'll tell it one more time because it fits nicely with what happened when I was at the Grand Hotel. I have, I can see it here at my home studio. I have a hundred year old typewriter on which I only write thank you letters. And then I obviously hand sign them at the end of them. I do that because I know that if you get a thank you letter from me on my letterhead that's typed, meaning you can see the indents of the typewriter. I did not print it out on a printer, an inkjet or anything like that. You can see the indents of what the typewriter is doing to the paper. You're going to take notice to that piece. Even if it's for a second or two longer, you're going to notice that there's something different about this thank you letter that you got in the mail with a weird great white shark on the back just because I'm addicted to them. I do that specifically because I want you to pay attention for an extra second. Uh, I call it low-tech, high-touch. You're sending paper when most people get in their mail, lots of stuff that they throw out. I think we got eight pieces of mail today. I, we opened one of them. We threw seven of them out. If you can stand out either above the din or below the din, the middle, much like you know, we lost Muhammad Ali over the weekend. We lost Kimbo Slice over the weekend. Uh, so we'll do a little boxing and fighting here for a second. In boxing and fighting, the place you never want to be is in the middle call it no man's land because that's the place that you're going to get hurt a lot. You either want to be, if you're a striker, you want to be at distance so you can pick them off from distance. If you're a brawler, you want to be up close and personal so that you can get in there and make that fight ugly. Marketing is the same way. You don't want to be in the middle. This political season, and we're going to talk later on this week about BuzzFeed's decision not to take money from the RNC. We're going to break that down. Ryan Kisner is going to come back and we're going to talk about that. When we look at what happened in the Republican Party. You had 17 people that ran, and the ones that dropped out the earliest, they were in the middle. They were indistinguishable from everybody else that was either yelling or whispering or some combination of the two, right? Being in the middle is bad. You want to be at one of the extremes. So when you get a letter from the Grand Hotel within, let's call it 10 minutes to make the story sexier, you're going to remember that. I have told this story since Wednesday afternoon, probably a hundred times, probably a hundred times for something that it's not even three sentences. It's not even three sentences. I've told the story a hundred times. It had a huge impact on me. Something that took him eight minutes to do before he got it to me 11 minutes later made a huge impact on me. I will talk about this probably for another six months. That kind of ROI you cannot buy. You just got to wire yourself to do that stuff. And so if, like I was saying, if you're in sales, send thank you notes when people take meetings with you. You'd be surprised at the callbacks that you get. If somebody buys something from you, 
thank them for buying something from you. If you have the ability to randomly pick people out of your CRM database and hand write a note and send them a gift card for whatever it is that you do. Or if you don't do something, if it's a SaaS product, right? You don't want to give them a free month for what you do. You want to do something different, send them a gift card to Starbucks. You can even do that digitally. Although I would recommend handwriting it and putting a gift card in the mail, but however you want to do it, surprise and delight. It really is an amazing tool that is so, so undervalued nobody's doing it to the level that it should be done, which is why things like what happened with Dan Musser and the Grand Hotel stand out for a long time. If everybody did this, which, man, I wish they did, but if everybody did this, what happened to me would be a little bit less special. I would retell the story a little bit less. But you know what? It's super special. It's super unique because it doesn't get done. And so we tell that story over and over and over again. And that is what you want your brand to be. You want your brand to be the thing people are talking about over and over and over again. Again, when we talk about Mary Meeker tomorrow, you're going to hear about how you better figure out how to tell a story because ad blocking is a real thing. And if you can't tell a story and you want to rely on the same old, same old, you're going to find yourself in trouble in 24 months. And there's going to be a lot of people pointing at you and say, I told you so. We are storytellers. We love stories. We love to tell stories. Brands need to be much better at telling stories. And part of that storytelling, part of that mythology, is what your brand does when it wants to thank a customer. How are you thanking the customer for spending the time with you as opposed to your competitor? How are you doing that? I'll give you one more example that I've done a couple times. When you go into Bell Tire that I've used a couple times, If you get a nail in your tire, they fix it for free. Why? Because it's really, really low risk for them. And they know that if you roll in and they fix your tire and go, okay, we're all set. And you think, well, what do I owe you? Oh, you don't owe us anything. This is just a thing that we do. Guess what? When you need tires, you're going to think about them. And do they convert at 100%? No, nobody does. But I bet they convert high enough that it's worth doing because they continue to do it. What are you doing? to make your customer tell a story about you over and over and over again. And how are you thanking them for picking you? Because they picked you. There's a lot of other people they could pick, but they picked you. And how are you going to thank them? Where's the typed letter, the hand-signed letter that you're going to send to them 10 minutes after they do a transaction with you? Where is that thing? And how are you going to scale it? Because those are the two things that you have to solve, right? When are you going to do it? How are you going to scale it? When are you going to do it and how are you going to scale it? Like I said, tomorrow, we're going to break into uh, Mary Meeker's talk. She did that last week. We're playing a little bit of catch up from Recode, but I'm excited to talk about it because there's lots to talk about. We'll do that tomorrow. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkren. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.